What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, August 23rd. Man, I hope all you guys are feeling well out there this week. Hopefully, all you guys have a nice and prosperous week this week. Keep going. Keep trying to get 1% better, man. And of course, we are still in the middle of a pandemic, man. So please wash your hands as much as possible to keep the virus from getting on your hands and especially your face. Anytime you are outside surrounded by a large group, crowd, or gathering, please just wear your mask. And when you're by yourself, take it off, go about your day, and have fun. And lastly, but certainly not least, because it is the end of the summer, but it is still summertime nonetheless, man. Please go outside when the sun is shining and get some ultraviolet rays, aka sunlight on your skin, because I promise you the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not excluded from that list, man. I just want to tell you guys today, embrace the struggle, embrace the losses, embrace the failures. They help you out in the long run. You will never fully enjoy winning until you understand what it's like to lose. It's always good to succeed after you failed multiple times. It's not even really failure if you learn from it. Every single failure is a learning lesson. And so just always keep that in mind, man. No matter how down or bad you are at or whatever type of bad situation you are in, those make you strong. They make you tough. They teach you valuable lessons that you're going to carry on with you for the rest of your life. And hopefully you can pass on those lessons to your kids and your family members and your loved ones. And I promise you, man, just embrace the struggle. It's a part of the journey. It's a part of life. It's ups and downs to everything. And just keep pushing, man. No matter what, I promise you guys, it is always light at the end of the tunnel, man. Of course, we are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. We are still demanding justice for Jacob Blake. And we're going to continue to demand justice for anybody out there that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse police murderings because it simply needs to and it must stop point blank period. Now, before I actually get into today's podcast, man, I want to say happy birthday to one of the greatest to ever do it, Kobe Bean Bryant, man. He would have been 43 years young today. Honestly, it's still unbelievable that he's gone. Like, I still remember that day, sadly, like it was yesterday. It was probably one of the worst days of my life, waking up that day to that news. Um, we're saying rest in peace to everybody that was involved in that helicopter accident still to this day, man. And, man, I could really talk about Kobe all day. He inspired an entire generation, a couple of generations, to be honest. And his impact is forever going to be stamped. His legacy is forever going to live on. What he did for not just the game of basketball, but for the women's game, for people in general. Like, it's people that don't even like basketball that still respect Kobe Bryant. You know what I'm saying? And just everything that he meant to me personally, from, you know, perseverance to just hard work, to never giving up, to just sticking to your craft, and just knowing that you can make it through any situation. Like, Kobe taught me so much, and I never ever took that for granted obviously i never met him but just watching him grow up especially being in southern california as he was a laker for his entire career it was just inspirational like i remember him losing in the finals in 2008 to the celtics and i remember telling myself as a kid way back then that he's gonna bounce back and win a championship next year and that's what he did against the orlando magic like kobe was just once in a generation man to me he's a top three player of all time um he's arguably the most skilled player of all time when it comes to footwork, being able to score from anywhere, shooting with his left hand sometimes. You know, he just had the full, complete package, man. You can just tell that he really put in the work, and he was confident in his work, and he trusted in his work, and he believed in himself. He had the utmost confidence about himself, and he just had that swag. He had that star power from day one when he stepped into the league back in 1996. You know, and how how many guys get a chance to spend their entire career with one organization like it that's a very 
rare feat, especially nowadays because it's only a few. But you got to think about the Kobe's, the Tim Duncan's, the Dirt and the Whiskey's. It's only a few guys that get to embrace that feeling. And just seeing Kobe do that and just everything that he meant, especially, again, being from Southern California, like the type of impact that he left, it just can't be duplicated. It can't be replicated. And it's only one ever Kobe Bean Bryant. So today we celebrate him. We always think about him. Mamba forever. Long live everybody that was a part of that, you know, tragic plane or excuse me, helicopter accident. Shout out to Kobe, man. It's only one Kobe and we will never, ever, ever forget that man or that name, man. But getting into today's episode, man. Today, I want to talk about one of the most intriguing teams in the NBA going into next season because free agency was wild of course you got the lakers got better the miami heat got better the chicago bulls got very exciting most teams honestly got better the golden state warriors got a little bit better with some of the acquisitions that they made i like what the charlotte hornets did this offseason the brooklyn nets made a couple moves this year the denver nuggets got better a little bit by adding jeff green teams got better and so this team that i want to talk to you guys about today is none other than the indiana pacers and i know the pacers are a very weird organization because they're always kind of like in the thick of things when it comes to the Eastern Conference playoff race. They're never really down or out, but they're always kind of just in the middle. They're never really contenders, but they're never really in a rebuild mode, if you guys get what I'm saying, because obviously they're in a small market. Indiana's not the most exciting city in the NBA. And to be honest, nothing against Indiana. I've never been there, but a lot of people say it's probably the most boring city in the NBA, which is saying a lot because San Antonio is also in the NBA. Nothing against San Antonio either, but I'm just saying that's what I've heard. But nonetheless, though, the reason I'm intrigued by this team going into next season is because to me, this team is stacked. And when I say stacked, I truly mean stacked, but I want to rewind a little bit back to a couple years ago and then fast forward back until today's current time. So let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to the 2019-2020 season, which of course was abruptly interrupted by coronavirus when it hit the world in 2020. The season stopped and it it, uh, restarted in, I think it was like August. And so you go to the bubble, right? Of course, you still got Naaman Millen as your head coach. You know, you had the issue with Victor Oladipo. You didn't know if he was going to play or not. He ends up going to the bubble and playing. You know, DeMontis Sabonis was out with plantar fasciitis. All those things were against the Pacers, right? They get swept in the first round to the Miami Heat, who, of course, all go all the way to the NBA Finals that year. They end up firing Nate McMillan after that season, right, in the bubble. Then, that summer, they hire Nate Bjorkren over from the Toronto Raptors, who was an assistant coach under... Um, Nick Nurse from the Toronto Raptors. He was there for a couple years. They hired Bjorkren, right? Then, in the middle of that season, January of this year, the 2020-2021 NBA season in January, the Pacers are involved in a four-team trade that sends James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets from the Houston Rockets, Victor Oladipo goes from Indiana to the Houston Rockets, and then the Pacers themselves get Karis LeVert and I think a draft pick, and then the Cleveland Cavaliers end up getting Jared Allen and Torian Prince. And so that trade ended up being a pretty good trade for the Pacers because they weren't even really supposed to be heavily involved, but they end up getting who I think is a star player in this league and Karis LeVert. And so that was good for them. And of course, sadly, and actually kind of happily in a good sense, once they get Karis LeVert, it comes out that Karis LeVert actually had kidney cancer, but nobody knew about it. And luckily, because when you got to go through these trades, you got to pretty much get like CAT scans and different things like that and x-rays. And the Pacers found that Karis LeVert had cancer. And by the grace of God, 
he was able to get successful surgery. He missed a good portion of the season, but then he came back and played a little bit. He didn't finish out the year, but he still had a good year. He averaged like 20-plus points in a few games that he did play. And so luckily, that happened to be good for them. But for the Pacers as a team, it was a pretty rough year because Nate Bjorkren, I don't have anything against him, but I'm going to be honest, it's only a few people that are meant to be NBA head coaches. Like, not being, being a head coach is not for everybody. Like, you can be a coach and just be an assistant for your entire career. It's a big difference between being a head coach and being an assistant coach. And I know most coaches strive to be a head coach because it's the most illustrious and high-paying job of all the coaching salaries. But to me, like, I just think Nate Bjorkren is better as an assistant coach because I was already skeptical of him when he first got the job and they announced it that he was leaving Toronto and going to Indiana. And it was just a very tumultuous year on top of the fact that we're already dealing with COVID. It's no fans in the stands. And the team was kind of just like in disarray because you had injuries to TJ Warren. Jeremy Lamb was out for the year with the torn ACL, I believe. And Miles Turner was hurt for a good portion of the season. And so you just had a whole bunch of injuries. And honestly, it just felt like Nate Bjorkren didn't have full and complete control of the locker room. And it showed on the court. Like it just did not look like the Pacers team that I expected from them. And so you even then, towards the back end of the season, I remember they were playing the Kings at home, and they were down 21 points to the Sacramento Kings. And I remember Greg Foster was a former NBA player, and now he's an assistant coach. He was an assistant coach under Nate Bjorkren. He was arguing in a timeout with Goga Bataze, and it was a big blow-up. It went viral on Twitter, and it was just a bad situation and a bad look for the Indiana Pacers as a whole, right? And so at the end of the season... They finished off this past season with a record of 34-38. and 38. They ended up being the ninth seed, so that means they made it to the play-in where they beat the Charlotte Hornets in the first game. And then their second game, they actually got blown out. And, of course, they didn't have Karis LeVert. They didn't have Miles Turner. They ended up getting blown out to the Washington Wizards, and the Wizards get into the playoffs, and they end up playing against the one-seeded Philadelphia 76ers in the first round where they lose in five games. So, with the Pacers not making the playoffs, Bjorkren was quickly fired right after and the Pacers end up bringing back none other than Rick Carlisle, who was actually the head coach of the Pacers back in the early 2000s, which I actually like. And I'm actually in love with this hire because Rick Carlisle is a Hall of Fame head coach. And he's actually probably one of the better coaches in the league today. I'd probably say if he's not top five, he's definitely top 10. And so Rick Carlisle is a really good coach. So let's talk about the losses and the acquisitions that they made this summer in free agency. So they lost Doug McDermott, who ended up taking a deal with the San Antonio Spurs in free agency. They then traded Aaron Holiday, who was a part of that deal that sent Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards, and the Pacers got involved with that. And they actually ended up getting the 22nd overall pick, which ended up being Isaiah Jackson. They also drafted Chris DeWarty, who I believe was the 14th overall pick in the lottery. And they made another really good extension by bringing back TJ McConnell as their backup point guard. Shout out to TJ McConnell, man, because... Dude's like that. He's like, what, 5'9", five, 5'8", five, if I'm being generous. He's a dog. He's a pit bull. He's a very defensive-minded guy. He's the perfect point guard to run your second unit. He's done such a good job carving himself out a role in Indiana, and I think that's a great fit for them to have a guy like TJ McConnell as a backup point guard. He's been pretty productive everywhere he's been, from Philly to now Indiana, but especially in Indy, he's really made a big role and a profound impact on this team. And also, too, they brought in Torrey Craig, and honestly, up until today, I completely forgot that they had Torrey Craig, like that, that they signed Torrey Craig, because Torrey Craig, 
I like Torrey Craig. Going back to when he first, you know, made himself a name in Denver, he was a little bit kind of productive with the Milwaukee Bucks until they let him go in the middle of the season. And then he ended up, you know, carving himself out a role for the Phoenix Suns, and he played pretty good for them all the way until their run into the NBA Finals. So I like Torrey Craig. So bringing in a guy like that is actually a good guy to bring in. So now... This team is really stacked if we want to talk about it. Like, Rick Carlisle, one thing about him, he's an old-school type of coach, meaning, like, he demands a lot from his players. He gives them a lot of freedom on the offensive end, but defensively, you better be locked in and you better know your role. And you've seen that as he was the head coach for the Dallas Mavericks. He had a lot of guys engaged and focused on what they had to do. Even though they didn't have the best rosters, he maximized what those teams should have done. Because, to be honest with you guys, the Mavericks never really put the most capable roster around Luka Doncic for the past three years, and Rick Carlisle did a good job of putting his teams in a position to succeed. Like, they had no business. In all honesty, they had no business being in a seven-game series with the Los Angeles Clippers this past year because if you look at that roster, outside of Luka, obviously you got Tim Hardaway Jr., you got Porzingis, who I'm not a big fan of, Maxi Kleba, I actually like him, but he's not like a lockdown defender like people think he is. You got a couple other good guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, Jalen Brunson, other guys like that, but that roster is nowhere as good as the Los Angeles Clippers roster. Like, let's just be honest. And they still took the Clippers to seven games. So that is a testament of how good Rick Carlisle is. Now with this team, the Pacers low-key, nobody really talks about this, but the Pacers low, low low-key have a big three. It's not a big three to the status of a Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden big three, but it's a big three in my eyes that is Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, and DeMontis Sabonis. And may I just mention, yet again, all three of these duels this past season in the 2020-2021 NBA season, all these guys averaged 20-plus points per game. So that means they all averaged together 60 points between the three of them. To me, that's a big three. And I just think between Brogdon, who I think is probably in the upper echelon when it comes to defensive point guards, he's up there with the Drew Holidays and the Kyle Lowry's when it comes to defending guards and point guards. And offensively, he can do pretty much everything from scoring in the mid-range to getting to the rack and finishing over, you know, contested hands and outstretched arms. He's a good three-point shooter. And then Karis LeVert, man, I believe right now he's 27. And he averaged 20-plus points per game this past year. He actually averaged 20 points per game one season playing for the Brooklyn Nets. And I know he's up in age. I think he's 27, 28. Karis LeVert, to me, has not peaked in the NBA yet. Like, I don't think he is done getting better. I know 27-ish is supposed to be, like, your prime. But I still think Karis LeVert has so much more room for improvement that it's honestly scary. And now, he's going to be in Indiana for year two. He's going to start off the beginning of the season from day one and be probably their primary offensive scorer. And I just think he has so much talent. Like, you go back and watch in the bubble, the Brooklyn Nets actually faced off against the Toronto Raptors in the first round of the playoffs. And even though they got swept by the Raptors, Karis LeVert was still getting buckets. They didn't have Kyrie. Obviously, Kevin Durant was hurt due to that Achilles injury back when he was in the finals with Golden State against the Raptors. But Karis LeVert was getting busy. Like, his offensive package is phenomenal from the crossovers, the step backs. He just has a complete arsenal on the offensive end. And also, too, he's a very underrated defensive player, too. And so that's what I like about Karis LeVert is that he is a two-way wing and he can get you high-level buckets. And I think a guy like that take so much pressure off of guys like Malcolm Brogdon and DeMontis Sabonis. And don't even get me started with Sabonis because Sabonis 
is a guy that's an all-star caliber player. He's already made an all-star game previously. He's so skilled in the post. You can put him in that mid-elbow you know, area. You can operate him in the mid-range area. He can do a lot of different things. He's an excellent passer. He can pretty much shoot. He's extended his range a lot ever since he came out of Gonzaga. I remember him back in those days when they went all the way to the national championship game back in 2017 when they lost to North Carolina. But like, he's good, and he's really, really good. So I think they have a big three. Now, when it comes to teams... And when it comes to, excuse me, when it comes to NBA fans, when they think about the Pacers, they think about two things. They think about their team possibly trying to trade for Malcolm Brogdon. And then even more importantly, they talk about how a lot of people don't think that Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis fit well together. And so I think going into the season, Rick Carlisle and his staff are going to try and experiment with those guys because I think they could complement each other better. And I think, you know, Nate Bjorkren and um, Nate McMillan could have done a little bit better of job of playing those two guys next to each other because they're both capable of stretching the floor. You know, I think Miles Turner is a better shooter, but I think Sabonis is better with his back to the basket in the post. So they kind of complement each other, in my opinion. So I think that's what's going to happen early in the season is they're going to try and experiment. And if they don't work out together like the Pacers hope, then I think they're probably going to explore trade options for Miles Turner. But I like them both. I think Turner gives you a lot on the defensive end. I think Sabonis gives you so much versatility on the offensive end. Like, to me, they complement each other just fine. But we'll see what happens with that. But nonetheless, though, you have excellent, excellent role players on this team. From Miles Turner to Justin Holiday, who's a 3 and D player. He's a very good three-point shooter. TJ McConnell as a backup point guard. Torrey Craig on the wing. And then one thing a lot of people do not talk about when it comes to the Indiana Pacers is they have an excellent, excellent young core of players between guys. You have O'Shea Brissett, who's been in the league for a couple years now. He spent his college career at Syracuse, where he was a big-time player under Coach Bayheim. I'm a big fan of his. I've watched him ever since he was in high school. He went to Finley Prep. He played for um, Las Vegas Elite back on the EYBL circuit. He has a lot of skill in his game. He showed a lot this past season, and I think Rick Carlisle is going to give him a lot of freedom to do what he wants to do on the offensive end. So you got O'Shea Brissett. You then got Edmond Sumner, who I'm a big fan of as well, out of Xavier. He's originally from Detroit. You got Kalon Martin, who actually spent his college career at Butler. And then you have Goga Bataze. Now, Bataze is interesting because he's been in the league for, I think, what, going on to his third year, if I'm not mistaken now. And he's pretty good, but I think this is going to be a make-or-break year for him. He's shown flashes. He had a pretty good, you know, past season this year. He did some pretty good things when he got in the game and played for the, you know, small amount of minutes that he did play. So I think he could help them out a lot, too, off the bench. And I think, again, the jury is still kind of out on him, so we'll see what happens with him this year. But all in all, like, and then... As I previously mentioned, you got guys like Crystal Wardy, who I think is a guy that you can play from day one, and he's going to be just fine because he's played so much basketball throughout the course of his life and career. Isaiah Jackson, I think if you trade Miles Turner, you could put Isaiah Jackson to the game, and he'll be able to hold his own, especially on the defensive end. He's one of the most active shot blockers. He's a pogo stick. He's 6'11". He's got so much bounce and athleticism. He catches lobs. He's good at setting screens. He's just a solid big man to have, and I think he has a lot of potential in his game as well, too. And another guy who I think is kind of interesting. I know they waived Cassius Stanley. You know, I don't think, you know, Jalen LeCue was still kind of up in the air. But, I mean, this team is solid, man. Like, I honestly don't know where I would rank this team in the Eastern Conference just because I think they could be just as good as a four seed 
all the way to being just as bad as an AC because you got to look at the East right now. Obviously, you have Milwaukee, you got Brooklyn, you got Miami, you got Atlanta. It's still a question mark out for Philly, but I think the Celtics are going to be better than what people think they are. And it's a couple other teams, but right after that, like, Indiana is just as good as most of these teams. I think Indiana is better than Charlotte. I think Indiana is better than the Wizards, of course. I think Indiana possibly could even be better than the Chicago Bulls. And I know that might sound crazy because the Bulls have a lot of star talent between Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic. But the Pacers have a complete team. And I think they translate well into the playoffs. And they're going to hang their hard hats on the defensive end. And on the offensive end, Rick Carlisle is going to have a lot of freedom to really expound upon what they have. Because again, I am a huge, huge believer in Karis LeVert. Malcolm Brogdon is a dude that has had a 50-40-90 season before in his career. DeMontis Sabonis, to me is still kind of getting better. Now, do I think he has a ton of room for improvement? No, I think he still has a little bit room for improvement still, but this team, man, is interesting, and I think they stack up pretty well against any team in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. Like, I think if you have to play the Pacers in the first round, you'll probably beat them, but it's not going to be easy whatsoever. And I think last year, the problem was, as I mentioned earlier, was that the team just did not trust in Nate Bjorkren. I think that's all it came down to. They didn't trust in their coach. He didn't have control of the locker room. Of course, they had injuries that added on top of that. They had COVID. So it was just kind of like a mixture of a whole bunch of things that went wrong. But all in all, like this team has a ton of talent between what I think is their big three of Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, and DeMontis Sabonis. And they got a good young core plus role players that are all ready to contribute. So I know, you know, they're probably going to end up losing Jakar Sampson. Again, they lost Doug McDermott, but they brought back TJ McConnell. They bring in Torrey Craig. They bring in some rookies that can contribute from day one. And Kevin Pritchard and Rick Carlisle have assembled a really good team that I think could be maximized to being a top five team in the Eastern Conference come playoff time. So I want you guys to let me know how you guys feel. To me, this team, man, it's just a lot of talent. Like, I think depth helps out a lot, especially in the regular season. But going into the playoffs, you usually want to play eight guys max, maybe nine. I'm saying maybe nine as if, like, you got a, a guy that's injured or banged up. But usually, like, out throughout the regular season, you play all of your guys for the most part. You play 10 guys because you want your guys to be ready and have enough energy come playoff time. So I'm looking at it like this team can make some noise. Like, I think a lot of people are sleeping on the paces. Again, I know the Heat got better. I know the Celtics are going to be better. I know, you know, it's a couple other interesting teams out there. You know, the Philadelphia 76ers are a big, big, big question mark. Obviously, you got the top of the East between the Nets and the Bucks. The Atlanta Hawks are not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, Trey Young's going to do his thing. But the Pacers, man, you do not want to see this team in the first round of the playoffs. I'm telling you, Rick Carlisle is going to be a difference maker on this team. I know a lot of people don't think, you know, he's that good of a coach, which I think he's obviously an elite head coach in this league. But just having the right coach means a lot, man. When you don't believe in your coach, which I don't think the players did last year in Nate Bjorkren, I just think you have a you have a loss of trust, a loss of communication. You don't have your guys fully engaged. They're not buying in. They're not taking you seriously. And it's just like it's a rocky road. It's a it's a roller coaster type of a season, like everybody did last year, but especially the Pacers because when you don't trust your coach, it's just like what am I even here for? Like obviously you're getting paid millions of dollars, but still it's just like I don't trust in my coach. Like who do I trust in aside from my coaches? That's my teammates. But even then, it's like if they're not buying into what our coach is trying to say, then who is? So I'm just like. I think Rick Carlisle, again, he's an old school head coach, but I think you have 
plenty plenty of veteran guys that are ready to buy in and get down and dirty into whatever Rick Carlisle is going to preach. And I think the Pacers are going to benefit mightily from this coaching hire, and they're going to be a threat in the Eastern Conference, man. So stay tuned for the Indiana Pacers, man. They're going to be an interesting team to watch out for in the 2021-2022 NBA season, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys if you made this far, man. Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash blogger slash journalists. I am also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really talented content creators and podcast hosts. So please go check us out on our long list of podcasts. Sports podcast that is, man. Again, that is at Nuts and Bolts SP, man. I appreciate you guys. This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the podcast. I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. You guys have a blessed and lovely week. And as always, peace and love gone.